starting in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your psalms. Thank you that, Lord, where we find ourselves many times, that we can find, Lord, uh, a companion in the psalms. And so many times it's David. Bless the time that we have together. Encourage us, strengthen us, convict us, bless us. Put a purpose in our hearts. That, Lord, that we would be true to not only your word, but to be in your presence always. Bless our time together. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Now, you might be saying, well, it's easy for David, you know, it's David. I mean, you know, beloved of God, right? But if you notice in the beginning right there, the title is says, A Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. This is when David, if you will, was kicked out of his own nation. He ran from King Saul. And running from King Saul, you might think, oh, a young man running away. Not a big deal, but you have to understand that he was running away from his wife, his best friend, his family, everything he knew about himself, his country, his nation. He was running. Now, to make matters worse was that he came to a priest and asked for some food and they gave him some showbread and him and his, the few men that he had ate it, partook of it and left. Well... There was a man there named Doeg, and he saw, and he told Saul. And so in questioning the priest, found out what he did. Not, the priest did not know that David was running from Saul. And he had all the priests killed. That was on David, too. At least that's the way he felt. Now he had, like, nowhere to go. What's interesting to me is where he went. He went to the king of Gath. A Philistine. He went to the enemy's camp to find safety. Doesn't that sound like us? Right when things are bad and everything, where do we go? So many of us go to the enemy's camp. The world. That's where we find solace. That's where we find peace so many times. But see, now David, again, remember, David, and sometimes we forget this, because we elevate these guys, we put them way up here. But see, no, David, if you will, he was a, a, a manly man, but he had a heart of a poet. He was a warrior, but he was a shepherd. He was a king, but he was also a friend. He was just a man. Oh, he sinned, he failed. Why would he be called beloved of God? Because remember something. 
it's not the falling, it's the rising up. See, a wise man may fall seven times, but seven times he'll get up again and follow the Lord. You with me? That's where David's at. So you and I can come along with David and we can understand what he's trying to speak, not only to his own heart, but to those who all who hear. And it's amazing that David was given the privilege of pinning some of the most blessed words in Scripture. We find ourselves in verse 1, and really, if you will, the title of this message is, It's a Matter Of. To be like David, it's a matter of. A matter of what? Well, let's go. I will bless the Lord at all times. That word bless, to a person it speaks of a good word of kindness, of well-being. Bless you. But when you speak it of God, it means a good word of His kindness, of His generosity. How He is. He looks out for our well-being. Like our salvation, our sanctification. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His song, His hymn, His words of adoration, His thanksgiving for His acts and deeds and qualities of His attributes, of His character, of who He is, who God is. I will bless the Lord. I will look to Him who does good and kindness towards me always. Continually I will praise Him. I will sing praises of Him, of adoration, of thanksgiving. Regardless of how He felt. See, each one of us has a choice. It's a matter of the will. We can wake up every morning and give Him praise. Give Him glory. Or we can wake up every morning and roll over and go, Oh, cursed be this morning. Especially tomorrow morning. It's going to be Monday. It's going to be cold tomorrow. The bed's going to be warm. It's so easy to fall into, if you will, the human perspective. We always think of David living in a castle David at this point, well, actually, further on, he'd go into a cave. Damp. No, but live in tents, live outside. That's something else that we don't really consider anymore. Of just sleeping outside. Yes, staring at the stars, but also the elements of all life being thrown at him. See, it's a matter of the will. You and I, every day, do we praise him, give him the glory? Do we trust him? Do we sing about His name, His character, not my circumstances? So it's a matter of the will. Look at verse 2. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Uh, The word soul is self-life. It's who I am. It's my character. It's what I think of myself. It's my emotions. It's my passions. It's my thought life. Boast, it means to give glory, to praise. So it's a matter of who am I living for? My boast, my praise? For you all to think of me as something that I am not, so I can feel better than I really am not? 
Or do we take the time to realize that only one bow should be given and it should be to the Lord? I will make my boast in the Lord. My praise, my glory, everything will be towards the Lord. Living for God and His praise, His glory, my pride takes a back seat. Who understands this? The humble. I get it. Remember, this is King David. Oh, he's not king yet. He's the one that slew Goliath. He's the one that they would say, Saul has slayed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. David had a lot going for himself, but now he's just a man on the run. But he's learning through the wilderness and the desert that we all must, that there's only one that should be praised. There's only one that should be glorified, and it's not you. And it's not me. Only he's worthy. And David's learning this. So it's a matter of the will, but it's also a matter of I'm living for God and for his praise. And I will boast in him. Does that define you? When you wake up in the morning and you're praising God, do you think, God, be glorified in my life, even if it means that I'm humbled by it? Ah, not too many of us. It's hard to live that way. It's hard to suck wind and air. It's hard to feel belittled. But see, when we're boasting in God, then it's not a matter about me. It's all about Him. Is this easy? No, of course not. Why? Because again, there's something in the way. It's you. It's me. But see, reality can be set into all of our hearts. That you think about it. What, what is there to boast about? What is there to praise about? Because anything that you've done, then you've got to give credit to the one that's given you either the ability to do it, the resources to do it, or to the circumstances. Where do we fit in? Giving praise and glory to God. Look at verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. That word magnify means grow, make great and powerful. Exalt means to lift up, cause to grow up. seems to be twofold. To exalt God causes us to grow up in God. If you woke up this morning and said, I want to grow in the Lord. What ways can I do this? Well, it's a matter of, if you will, of magnifying and giving Him the glory and the praise. It's a matter of exalting in Him. And you begin to grow up. But notice something here. What does He say? He comes, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. So really, if you will, it's a corporate worship. It's growing up together. It's encouraging each other. To what? To exalt in Him. Yes, to hear each other's concerns, hurts, pain, sorrows, so we can pray for each other. But it's also to uplift each other. To take us off ourselves and to focus on Him. To exalt in Him together. See, it's a matter of corporate worship. As we worship God together, we grow together. May I? I shall. What keeps you from Sunday morning? 
I'll help you out. You. Self. I'll take it ease today. I'll stay at home. What does that show of the Lord? Well, putting myself first. It's me. How I feel. It's what I think. I'm down. I need some rest. I need sleep. But the reality is, again, is that we're causing ourselves to look within rather than look up. And see, that's what we come here together for. Not to exalt anyone else but God and what He's done in our lives and His faithfulness, trusting in Him together. We grow together. But see, it does take a community. It takes a church body. It takes a group of us. Like Scripture says, when one falls, one's able to raise the other one up. When you're down, somebody else is going to be up. When you're up, Somebody else is going to be down. It's how we encourage each other. But it's also how we keep our eye on the one that we need to keep our eye on. Worshiping Him, exalting Him. So come, He's telling us. Let's magnify Him together. Let's glorify Him. Let's exalt in Him. Let's grow together in Him. Now look at verse 4. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now what's interesting is David didn't seek the Lord first. He failed. He went to the enemy's camp. But understand something. As quickly as you can turn around in walking, so can you and I with the Lord. That's never too late. The Lord never says, nah, you're done with. It's really up to, again, you and me to say, where am I going? I'm going the wrong way. I'm thinking too much of myself. I need to turn around and exalt in Him. I need to seek Him first. I need to put Him first. Or, if you will, it's a matter of seeking the Lord in prayer. Just talking to Him. That's what David is bringing us to, the encouragement of, is realizing, I sought the Lord through this. I was scared in this. Wait, this is David. He slew his ten thousands. No, but he too is just human. He too was scared, but he trusted in God. He sought Him afterwards. Turned around. He repented. And who did he find there? But Him. God. He delivered him from all his fears. What are you afraid of this morning? What are you holding back? What's your big boast? What is it that you think that you should be looked upon of being great at? It's true with all of us. See, to be you and I as followers of the Lord is coming to the realization that He's done it all. Paid it all. Created us. Loves us. 
And knowing that, then, he's the one, first one we should be seeking in any struggle, any pain, any shame, any plan, any purpose, any child. It's easy to get down. It's easy to find ourselves in the pits. But again, when we learn to worship by the will, when we learn that we're living for Him, and when we learn that it's about we're not alone, we have brothers and sisters walking the trail with us, then it's understanding also. It's putting Him first in everything that I do. And a lot of that begins with prayer. See, we, what we do is, and we're all guilty of it, it's, it's about how I'm feeling. It's what I feel inside. It's what I feel about myself. And whether I feel like a failure or I have no direction, I have no purpose, I have no plans, I have no place, no friends. When we do this, what we're doing is our eyes are completely upon ourselves and we're not trusting Him who's created us to something so much better. Even if we find ourselves, which I didn't tell you, that David, to get away, had to pretend that he was mad. Scratching at the gates. Letting his spit get on his beard. Playing the madman. But when he sought the Lord, he discovered the Lord would deliver him. So it is a matter of seeking him first in prayer. Look at verse 5. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. That word looked, it means regard, pay attention to. Set their eyes on God. As they did, their faces became radiant. That word radiant means to shine, to beam, to burn, to glow. What does that remind you of? How about Moses? Why did his face glow? Because he was in the presence of God. He couldn't help but glow. Oh, regardless of how he felt, he was glowing. Why? Because he was reflecting God's glory. It was shining through him. How? He just spent time with him. See, it's a matter of spending quality time with the Lord. That's hard. Why? Because in the morning, sometimes you just don't feel like it. In the evening, you're too tired. Because again, see, it goes back to me, how I feel. Discover something. You must do it. Whether it's morning, whether it's the afternoon, whether it's at nighttime. But how can you give quality time that you need to do that you need to give, that you need to spend with the Lord. Because I'm telling you right now, there's another glow that's happening in this world. And it's, it's not really a real light. It's a false light. And what it, is, it does is it leads more into darkness. It, it becomes more self-absorbing. And if you will, that's the mindset of the world. That's the mindset of the enemy. The enemy has spoken it in the very first thing in the eve, to Eve in the garden. Think about yourself. You, how do you feel? What do you think? What do you want? What do you need? When God said, I give you everything, except one thing, just stay away from that tree right there. It's the same with us. 
Through Christ, He's given you everything. And myself. But see, we always focus on the things that we want or we don't like or we think we need. And all these things really are such a silly waste of time. It's about the time that I spend with Him, learning about Him, exalting in Him, giving Him the glory, boasting in Him. Do you know, I want you to think about something really quick. Think this through with me, okay? Because I have to remind myself too. I remember my grandmother saying it a different way, and I'll say it to her, about her too. But understand something. Each one of you in Christ, listen to this, don't miss this. You are a child. Oh, did you closing me out right now? Don't tune me out. You are a child of God. Shoulders back, head up. You didn't earn it. He made it so. And I said, you're my child. Child of God. A child of the King. A child who owns... His Father owns everything. Who's to boast in? Myself for being the child? No. And the one who made it so. See, we have a year coming on us right now. And it's a year of choice. There'll be a year of challenges. Some a year of sorrow. Some a year of pain. Some a year of complete prosperity. All these things are the same. It's understanding that God is the one that has called you into something totally different to keep your eyes and my eyes on Him. You see, it's a matter of the will. Look at verse 6. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. Poor man. That word poor means affected, humbled, Wretched old man that I am. Okay, I added those words, but didn't that sound familiar? We just went over that. Remember Paul? Paul saying this, O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's already been done. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. Everything I see is not what will be. And what will be is not what I see. It's all in His hands. See, I have not seen or ear heard the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Who are His children, like you and I. Who are we exalting this morning? Remember, it's a matter of humility. 
Oh, don't think humble is, again, just knowing that you're a wretched man. Because then if I left you there, then I think I missed out here. I missed actually explaining something a little more accurately. See, it's coming to the point of realizing that I'm empty and I can't. It's like a child that finally gives up. And I know your parents. Do you have one? I've had them. They want to keep trying and keep trying until finally they give up and they just say, I can't. And then they come to me and say, help. And see, for us to have wisdom is really to understand that front. I can't. He can. But it doesn't mean to sit back and pout and say, I can't until he helps me move. I'm not moving anywhere. It's to be moving and trust that he'll give you the strength, the ability to do what needs to be done at any given moment. But it's a matter of, again, of not thinking of self, but thinking of others. That's true humility. Because again, remember, it's who am I boasting in? See, most of us in this human race, we boast of ourselves. That's the problem. It's me first. Looking out for number one. Look at verse seven. And the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. God surrounds. Uh, wait a minute not only am I a child but God surrounds me yeah do you mean I'm never an orphan when I'm walking in this dark world no because I think when we get to heaven we're going to get to see something the glow that you had on this earth walking through the spiritual darkness of this world you were a light oh not because you're glowing in yourself, but because of who's in you. But see, the beauty and the power of all this is not just He that is in you that's glowing and making this light shine forth through us, but it's also God Himself encamping around us, surrounding us. But if we left it there, then we should not fear anything. But what's interesting, too, is he set angels around us, too. And we so many times are so afraid of the things that are happening around us because, again, sometimes all we can get through our little heads is, I can breathe, and that's all I have. Those that are wise realize it's the one that has given us the breath is the one that really matters. It's a matter of seeing God for who He is. You see Him? He's around you. You see Him? He goes before you. Do you see Him? He's in you. Do you see Him? You can. So can I. But see, again, it's taking my eyes off myself. I get blessed. I'm not going to lie to you. I get blessed. I can go in a room and I am blessed because I get to spend time with him. But can I be honest with you too? If you think it's just the light shining and beaming and I'm just going, oh, it's not. It's painful many a times. And it's also, if you will, a battle of the wills. Will I do it or will I sit there and go, oh, I'm tired. This is hard because the mind has to think. 
I have to submit to him and not think about my desires, whether I'm hungry, thirsty, or whatever. It's a matter of sitting here before him and just going, okay, I know I have to submit myself to you. Because remember something, I share this with you all the time. The reason I have such a passion for this, because I want to know. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to get rid of I. For some reason, he's allowed me this gift. No, it's not a great gift. And please understand, it's a calling because it's a struggle of the will. But it's also an understanding that when it's right, the light shines and I see clearer. Then I get to come here and share with you. Keep looking. Don't ever give up. In fact, look at verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Taste. Didn't see. Now, I had one boy and he's not here so I get to pick on him. He didn't like to eat anything. I mean, he was, he was our difficult child of food. My eldest, all he had to do was sit on my lap. It didn't matter what I was eating, he'd eat it. You sure you want this? I want it. It's, it's going to be hot. I don't care. And then I'd feed him. My middle son? Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you, I would go to this. I would say, look. It's good. No, it's good. And then I would be stupid enough to put it in my mouth. Let me tell you something. Baby food peas are not as good as they sound, right? But see, I would taste it. See, no, it's good. Not because I was telling him it was good taste, but I knew it was good for him. And sometimes it was, really was good for him. I'll show you how difficult he was. He could only have, and I have to remember this right, yes, it was the grape. He always had to have had grape medicine if he was sick. Well, for some reason, there for a while, we couldn't find the grape medicine. All we could do was find the cherry. And I would sit there and go, come on, son, you've got to taste this. It'll help you sleep. It'll make you feel better. Nope. 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 So you know what I started doing? I'd take some dye. And make it purple. And you want to know something? He would take it. And he would think it was grape. Just by the color. But see, to taste is to trust what you're putting in your mouth. Because see, once you put it in your mouth, it's over. You've got two choices. One is to spit it out. The other is to swallow. If you notice, that's what David is saying. Put it in your mouth. Eat it. It's good. Why? Because he's faithful. You'll see. But see, it's a matter of trust. To trust. See, our problem is, is if I see it, I will trust you. But the Lord says, trust me, and then you'll see it. Constantly we say, Lord, my faith would grow if you would do these things that I can see. 
then it would help me with these other things that I cannot see. And the Lord says, no, that's not the way it works. Trust me. Trust me. And see, this is the wonder of it all. See, God looks at each of us as an individual. He knows exactly where you are in your walk with him. It's not like, huh, I've lost sight of Kevin again. Of course, you know, Kevin, you never know where he's at. He's walking all over the place. He could be in the field looking at the birds in the nest, seeing where they're migrating this year. I love picking on Kevin. <laughs> but see, the thing is, he knows you. He knows me. He says, trust me, and then you'll see. But so many of us, we can't do it without seeing. Now I'm going to get in trouble. James, can I go home with you? I might have to. See, my wife... I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> what? See, what thing is, what we, you know, we'll watch a movie or something together, and, you know, we'll be eating something. And, and usually, you know, it's, it's just harder to see in those dark scenes, so I like to just have a little light off on the side, and it's dark where we're at, right? Well, if we're eating something, it doesn't work with my wife. Why? Because she has to see what she's eating always. I, I haven't figured it out. Maybe I think she thinks I'm going to slip some paper in there, a rock or something. I don't know. But she has to see before she eats it. And she has to have the perfect ratio. If she's ran out of potatoes and she still has some meat, then she'll take her meat and dip it in my mashed potatoes because <laughs> she'll tell me I don't have the right ratio. Not realizing she just messed up my ratio, but that's a different story. But see, that's the way we are so many times. Is we have to have the light on so I can see when I'm eating. Even the Lord says, no. Eat it. And then you'll see. Trust me. It's good for you. Trust me. It's what's best for you. Now, understanding that this, it's a matter of trusting God. It's also a matter of understanding, if you will notice too, that He delivers us out of all our troubles. It's not from our troubles. It's out of all our troubles. Verse 6. Do you see the picture here? God doesn't just go, there, it's all clear. You can see now. Isn't it beautiful? The rainbow, the birds are chirping. I delivered you from your problems. And now your life is going to be just a rosy path. Nothing wrong. No, because we're going to have troubles. But see, he delivers us out of them as we walk through them. Why would he do that? May I suggest something to you? So that we'll understand that it's me submitting my will to him, that I'm living for him and not myself. That I understand the value of worshiping God together with like-minded people. That I always seek him first in whatever struggle, problems, 
or anything that I go through? Do I spend the quality time I need to with Him because I know that He loves me and cares for me and watches over me? That it's not about me, but it's about Him and it's about others? And it's a matter of seeing Him for who He is, not what I think, but it's what He's declared in His truth. And he says, trust me. Trust me. In the end, what happens is we all find ourselves in the place we're supposed to be. Growing as we are supposed to grow. It's interesting because it's been said that if you open your Bible, in the very exact middle of the verse is, is Psalm 118.9. It says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. D.L. Moody, his favorite verse was Isaiah 12, 2. It says, I will trust and not be afraid, he used to say. He said, you can travel first class or second class to heaven. Second class is what time I'm afraid I will trust. First class is, I will trust and not be afraid. This is the better way. Why not take the first class ticket? To trust. Trust and obey, there is no other way. Also, another song that came to mind when I was going through this, as His holiness surrounds me. God is always whole and perfect. Righteous and true. Good and full of compassion. His holiness surrounds me. In Him is beauty and light. No darkness at all. Where do you find yourself? This is a new year. Oh, there's so many things out there. I have no idea what's going to happen. The election's coming up. The economy. We talked about things last week. We understand who's in control a couple weeks ago. God's in control of all these things. But now, are we as a body of believers going to encourage us each other to say, you know what, eyes focused, will submitted, trusting in Him, regardless of what happens. And together this year, I pray for each of us that we would grow in the Lord. Spending the quality time we know we need to. What does that take for you? We can give excuses. Let's stop doing excuses. Because they never do any good anyway, do they? Excuses, excuses. It's all we have sometimes. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness of the times that we don't put our trust in you. Just as we learn from David, Lord, help us to really put our boast in you. To think less of ourselves. To spend quality time with you. To spend quality time together exalting you, worshiping you, opening your word. 
Help us to be your children that do not focus on ourselves, but on you and each other. Bless this year, Lord, I pray. I pray that you would work out your truth in all of our lives. That you would work out what you desire to do us as individuals, but also as a body. Lord, I pray your blessing be upon all these, your children. I pray, Lord, your light would shine upon them, that they would be true glowers, light-bearing children of yours, showing to this dark, dark world what it truly means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, trusting in you and not being afraid, but believing, Lord, that you are leading us in the path of righteousness. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.